I love that song. Pop down the years. I wrote it. I want to record it again. I've already recorded it twice. It's on two different albums. I don't. I want to record it just a goosey guitar, and a melodica. You know what a melodica is? It's it's a little. It's like a. It's like a little piano you blow into, and it's got the beautiful little reed sound, kind of melancholy. Um, there's a similar instrument they use in tango uh, music all the time. It's beautiful sound, but I think just nylon string guitar and that. I don't know. Maybe it needs a cello too. I mean, come on. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I've been thinking about something that uh, popped in my head the other day, and I and I. It just keeps coming back. It was. It was when I was about eleven years old, maybe uh, twelve, perhaps, and we were up in the hills of. Um, no, no, it had to be about 10. Uh, it had to be about 10, so about 1961. And we're up in the hills, uh, you know, between, you know, maybe Woodside and Half Moon Bay, and this was back when there wasn't really much there, um, you know. Um, we are up there, probably somewhere around Skyline, us with, you know, I think the whole family, and... It, my dad always had on classical music on the radio and a beer uh, <laughs> tucked between his legs for easy access and to keep it from spilling over. Um, and we passed this group of bicyclists, and they were all riding racing bikes. And uh, this was, you know, 60 years ago. So it's not like racing bikes were happening like they are now or have been for the past 20 or 30 years. It was kind of a rarity. But, you know, we were close to Stanford, so, you know. And I remember seeing them, and I remember it was kind of a level spot, and there were trees, you know, the hills are up there, and the, the sunlight, it was just, you know, they were cruising through the, you know, dappled sunlight, and they just looked so cool. I don't remember, there was maybe six maybe eight, somewhere in there, riding together. And I, it just struck something in me, and it was I wanted that so bad, whatever it was, to be riding in the California sunshine in the hills with a group of friends on a cool bicycle. And um, I don't know. I've, I've never forgotten it. I... Uh, I, I shortly thereafter, or I already had, I had a paper route, and I saved and saved and saved. And when we moved to Berkeley in like 1962, I bought a um, my first 10-speed bike, and I think it cost 90, uh, 90 or 100 dollars, which was a lot of money back then. And it was a Trophée de France, and had Campagnolo um, derailleur. And, uh, oh, man, did I love that bike. And I remember I would just obsessively, like, wrap the the uh, handle bar tape white. And it was, either, it was green. It was this lovely kind of metallic green. And I was, I was trying to reach something that I saw that day. And it, was, it wasn't just the bike and the 
it was the group. It was being, you know, with, with people that I, I think really struck me. And um, I, I think we're all like that, you know. I mean, later, you know, it was a couple of years later after that, uh, John Kennedy was killed, maybe a year later. And then right after that, the Beatles. And that was our new tribe, you know. That was it. But I've just, I still can see them. And, um, I'm very lucky. I have, uh, I have friends all over the place. All, I know people all around the world. And, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, that doesn't mean I don't feel lonely sometimes. And I really would like a girlfriend, but, I guess that'll happen when it happens, right? Uh, a guy named Jeff Milan is visiting, and he was Tony Milan's brother. Or, yeah, was. I say was because Tony's dead. I'm, I knew Tony in AA. We called him the Force. He was, I loved him like a brother. He, uh, he was a producer. He, he produced The Fine Young Cannibals. He produced Herbie Hancock, Rocket. Uh, but he could not... Uh, yeah, I met him when, when he was going to AA. He got sober for a couple of years. I've talked about him before. But, but Jeff is, was, is here visiting. He was a very good friend of Tom's, uh, Panos, who owned this place uh, when Maya married him. And then he died... And Maya inherited it, and now I'm here. Uh, Tony and I did not get along at that time because um, Tom didn't like me. He felt, I don't know, and it's a story for it. It doesn't matter. It's ancient history, really, but uh, we've made our peace. And he asked me how I was liking life here. And I was very touched that he asked. I mean, we've mended our fences or whatever, unburned the bridges, whatever, whatever, whatever the metaphor, we're getting along. I think we both understand that we have, the other has Maya and Sophia's best interests at heart. I think, I think that's what it boils down to. And, and I actually like the guy. I've gotten to know him. He's a fascinating guy, like Tony was. It was a terrible loss on Tony, but it's what happens. And I was very touched, and I said, well, I love it here. It's beautiful, and, uh, you know, my whole family's dead from drugs and booze, and I have Maya's family like a surrogate family, and it's it's, it's great, so. But it's funny, I just, uh, that image of those people, their bikes, that beautiful California afternoon. You know, 62 years ago or so. If you like this podcast, Riding the Wild Bubble, please subscribe somewhere. Please leave a review somewhere. It is served wherever fine podcasts are served. And tell your friends please this is Knox riding a wild 
Riding out a wild, the wild bubble with you forever. <laughs>